market where we use props to help us get into poses that are really so if you want to throw on an extra sweatshirt or socks to get really cozy, go ahead and do that. Today in class, we're using two what? Oh, sorry. Not yet. Fake oh, thing. No, I felt, I'm so sorry. I was like, turned down. Love you. It's all good. I love you. You're the best. Kyle, you there? Hey, Calder. Hey, all right, you ready? Yeah, can you hear me well? I can hear you real well. Perfect. All right, three, two, one. Welcome, folks. Dr. Narration of Chef Sports, brought to you by Anchor. Anchor, get your voice out there. That song was uh, Rest of My Life by Ludacris, featuring Usher and David Guetta, uh, three fantastic performers. Uh, thanks, guys, again for joining me back again this week. I have a very good friend of mine, fellow alum of McDaniel College, class of 2017, Kyle Schlockian. Kyle, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, Calder. Uh First time we did this was almost a year ago in Armenia. We had some technical difficulties, so glad we can do this. Me too. Me too. It's great to have you on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Quality is good. Sound is good. So knock on wood technology. Uh, Thanks for for working out, connecting Kyle and I together. But uh, yeah, so welcome again, Kyle. Um, Yeah, what I'd love to do is uh, kind of a new tradition uh, with Czech sports is really getting you know, for there's probably people that are going to be listening to this that obviously know who we are. Some people that don't know who we are and they're, you know, in the U.S. Some I have some followers worldwide. And thanks to everyone who's been, you know, listening to this show in Ireland, uh, even Armenia. Um, I think some people in Sweden. But, uh, yeah, if you'd like to maybe just give everybody a quick bio about yourself and then we can roll into uh, tonight's topics. Sure. Thanks, Calder. Uh, so my name's Kyle. I'm a. Uh you know, relatively recent college grad uh, from the same institution as the STEAM, Mr. Schechterson. Uh, I've done quite a bit of work uh, abroad related to public health and research. Um, And at the moment, I'm trying to build out a blog, uh, maybe even a video channel um, related to Eastern European wines and uh, wines from the Caucasus region, which includes Armenia and Georgia, um, trying to just share people, uh, my experiences, uh, with, you know, the wine that I've had there, the wine that I've had shipped from there, um, how it relates to the culture and how I can really introduce people to some really beautiful, uh, new culture, new food, new wine. Um, so, and obviously a big NBA fan and, uh, other sports as well so just uh happy to talk to calder about all the above and uh whatever comes up yeah no thank you so much kyle uh great hearing that and giving everybody a chance on the air to tune in as well i remember i think uh gosh it was at least over a year ago we we met up uh in new york i think you were back visiting from armenia we went to a really good spot near nyu i think we got some ramen and then hit up our our usual go-to bar uh <laughs> <laughs> Very swanky, swanky spot, but no, it was uh, for everyone tuning in. It was great. You know, Kyle's done a lot of 
really meaningful work abroad uh, in Armenia. Um, he was sharing a lot of his experiences with me. Obviously, he was working, you know, with public health field and seeing his posts on Instagram and Facebook. So really great stuff um, that Kyle has done and is, you know, more things he's going on to achieve. Um, yeah. And guys, you should check out the page Vino dot uh, Shalakian. Um, it's on Instagram. Really good feed. I, I see it every day. I see the stories. I'm going to have to get some, uh, get some of the wine myself, <laughs> get some of the wine myself and crack a bottle open once the NBA comes back. But it's a great, I mean, with, you know, discovering new cultures, it can be wine, it can be music, it can be literature. There's so many avenues um, to learn about different backgrounds, where people come from, what's meaningful to them. So yeah, I love it. It's, it's a fantastic idea. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how it grows over time. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll jump into uh, our topic. So obviously, with COVID, um, that was a huge uh, effect to all parts of society. Um, and, you know, best wishes to everyone out there. Hope everyone's doing okay. Um, you know, one of those parts of, uh, you know, our society, not just in the U.S., but in the world, sports is a big thing. And uh, there's a lot of money and television and, you know, the passions of fan bases around the world. Um, so, yeah, the NBA obviously uh, announced uh, its return. Um, games are going to be played in Orlando. Uh, I believe at Walt, I believe at Disney, Walt Disney World. Um, and it's set for uh, July 31st with 22 teams returning to the court for a shortened season. Um, so Kyle, obviously, I am, I would say, I would say I'm like an NBA fan. Obviously, I'll admit that, you know, just to be fair, I don't really watch the regular season. Maybe I'll catch a few games depending on the matchup. I do love the NBA playoffs. I think it's, you know, got to be in the top two playoffs for sports, just with the emotion and the intensity. I know you're a huge NBA fan, the Warriors, uh, a storied franchise. And really, I would call them the Alabama of the NBA for the past few seasons, just with what they've been able to achieve. And um, they're, you know, excellence. I mean, Steph Curry, what he's done for the game and inspiring people. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, once you saw that the NBA was coming back, you know, what were, what were your first uh, impressions of, of what to come? Well, I, you know, it's going to be an experiment with the lack of fans. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going to work because I don't know if you remember, there was a game between the Knicks and Warriors. Uh, maybe it was two years ago now where they decided to uh, take away all PA system sounds basically calling it like the natural game. So the mm. only sounds came from the stands. And I remember it was kind of widely panned uh, by the players and fans alike. The players said it felt very empty. It was hard to focus, uh, hard to get motivated. And fans uh, felt like it was pretty strange to watch too. Um, so just like some of my first thoughts are, you know, I don't think anyone knows how it's going to affect the play, especially when it comes to home court advantage. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, um, I'm not really sure what would happen if someone does test positive for COVID, um, right. you know, during the playoffs, let's say someone like Giannis or LeBron or Anthony Davis test positive. I mean, what's that going to do to the rest of the playoffs? I mean, they'll, they'll probably, even if they're not truly that sick themselves, uh, I'm mm -hmm. sure the NBA won't let them return um, right. or at least like a two week layoff of some sort. So there's lots of things like, you know, unprecedented and uh, yeah, it's just like no one's going to know until we play it out. Um, so what, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it'll be def definitely be interesting to see. Um, I mean, the only, time where i've excuse me where i've really even seen a game um i guess without fans is probably back when we were in college i know they played a few games for the orioles without fans um uh -huh. what was happening then um i think that it, it will be a little awkward to watch games with no fans and you know not the usual um you know i guess entertainment or showcase that you know sports provide i mean next week the premier league is kicking off i'm very happy about that but yeah it'll be really 
strange to see, you know, the new Spurs stadium, you know, which seats 60,000 empty and players just kicking around the ball. You know, you don't have that usual clap with a nice cross or a, or a penalty kick mm-hmm. um, and people, you know, getting into it and yelling and, I don't know, screaming account, screaming like your Twitter account sucks and all these other <laughs> things that, you know, make it fun to watch. So it'll be curious to see. I do agree that, um, you know, it's true. Like if, LeBron James or, you know, Anthony Davis test positive and they can't come back from the season. Well, obviously that's going to change the odds of, you know, whatever team ends up winning, you know, this year's championship. So I'm sure that coaches, uh, coaches and the athletic staff are doing, you know, probably coming up with plans to see like, if this person can't come back, then who's going to be our go-to. There was an article released yesterday on ESPN by Adrian uh, Wojnarowski um, around six o'clock, you know, obviously saying that some players, I think around 40 to 50 are hesitant to um, join just with that concern. You know, what if they get Corona, um, how it affects their family, concerns uh-huh. about the environment they'll be going to. I know one of the guidelines was saying uh, players will not be able to leave, you know, their bubble environment at Walt Disney World without a 10 day quarantine upon their return to the grounds. So, yeah, it will probably be a culture shock. Um, You know, it's almost like you're taking an Olympics format and you're using it for a regular season of professional sports, you know, with teams down in Orlando. So it'll be interesting to see. But I guess, you know, if it comes down to just resuming sports, I feel like a lot of people will just be happy to watch it on TV. Um, I mean, I, I love ESPN, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will be nice to see actual games being played without watching old highlights. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I know that I think the, you know, like MLS, uh, they uh, were able to reach a contract with their players and kind of tying it into this. I feel like with especially the U.S. and what we regard to as sports, you know, there was probably no way that these seasons could not have happened because of the money that's tied into all these uh, franchises and also the television contracts and the sponsors. Uh So there probably was going to be seasons starting, which is obviously happening now. Um, But I actually went on CBS and it talks about this new format. Um, There were NBA, you know, title odds at the top three spots were the Lakers, the Bucks and the Clippers. Um, how, you know, what's your perspective on your Golden State Warriors with these changes? Uh, you know, do you, uh, I think maybe a lot of people who aren't, you know, Warrior fans may speculate being like, oh, well, is the dynasty over? Or, you know, are we going to have a few off seasons where other teams win? But what's, for, you're, you know, you're, you're a true fan. So we have to hear it from you. Like, what's, what's your take on your, your Golden State Warriors coming into this season with the COVID effect? Um, well, I mean, if they were going to pick a season to do poorly, I guess it would be this one. Uh, at the same time, the, the, the draft class is, uh, is pretty poor. Um, and the new way the odds are manufactured, they're not really guaranteed to get the top pick or two. I mean, they could go anywhere four to five, um, which might not even be the worst thing for them because I don't really think there's a a true number one or even two, three prospect. Um, But I think they're very well positioned for the future. Um, They really have a solid, you know, core and they have a lot of youth that should be getting better. And whether they keep all of that youth and picks or they combine it to get another difference maker, who's a little more seasoned, I think either way, they'll be well positioned in the short term and the near term. I mean, Mm -hmm. the short-term and the long-term. Obviously, they won't be in the playoffs this year. So, um, yeah, I I mean, it it really does seem like this would be the year uh, for a lower seed to make a run just uh, because of all the volatility we discussed, lack of of home court. Um, No, I, you know, we just paused the season. Uh, They've been off for three months. You know, there's – guys that maybe gained weight. There's guys that maybe lost a lot of weight. Uh, maybe some guys are in better shape than others. I know guys like LeBron probably have a personal trainer at their house and a, and a court, but, mm-hmm. you know, our role players on the Bucks 
are they getting up, you know, a couple thousand three pointers a day like they would during the normal season? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I don't want to make any uh, definitive predictions, but I, I do think that the top three you mentioned are the strongest teams. And barring anything kind of crazy that's gone on during the lockdown, um, I think most likely they'll be the, you know, the winner of the championship. I just think that uh, you'll have a greater variance in, in who could be the champion this year compared to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's one of those times where if you're, you know, like you, I love your analysis. You, you said it perfectly. If you're a well-received team, you know, this is kind of like your year to really uh, take the title. Um, I mean, I don't know if you should use COVID as an excuse, but, you know, you should be like, hey, you know, we play really hard, but there's, you know, maybe a little wiggle room where we can actually, you know, give show even more of our, uh, you know, ability to win a championship given the current circumstances. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it'll be interesting to see. I <laughs> I mean, trust me, I don't think – I think I have a better odds of uh, – getting married in the next, you know, <laughs> six years and the Knicks winning a championship. I'm just going to put that out there. Because <laughs> um, I know a lot of people in New York are not too happy. I'll admit, I mean, I think since graduating college, oh, actually, I've never been to a Knicks game. I like, I want to go to the Garden to attend a Knicks game. I mean, it's, it's a great experience. I have been to the Garden. It was for a college basketball event. But mm. since we graduated in 2016, I've actually been to more um, – Nets games. Uh, shout out to David Feliciano if you're catching and listening to this. A good friend of mine. We've gone to Nets games together. Um, that's the franchise where they were in Jersey. Now they're in Brooklyn. They still need more time. But I have to tell people if you haven't, you know, in New York, please get to a Nets game. It's a it's a great experience. It's a beautiful arena, the Barclays Center. I've seen Post Malone there, Drake, Migos. It's it's a phenomenal place to attend a game. And uh, they're really taking New York by storm with the culture they've created and really attracting young fans. I, I do think that there are people that are not huge NBA fans in New York that were kind of leaning towards the Knicks because the Knicks define New York. But now that, that the Nets are in Brooklyn, I think that they're stealing away some of the fan base, especially the younger generation. So, I mean, I do like, I mean, the Knicks, they got RG Barrett, you know, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, they have talent. Um, but I mean, it's gonna be the owner. I'm not a fan of the owner. I think there's so many changes that need to happen. You know, there's the instances of security and and just a bunch of BS that's taking away. I mean, but they're still, I think, one of the, the most profitable franchises in sports. And you know, they'll still sell out games. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, I know companies have been using this resource a lot. You know, we've used it with friends we have attended school with. Do you think that, you know, maybe like for the Warriors and NBA teams with this season happening and not being able to attend the game in person, do you think that they're giving some more incentives to those season ticket holders? Like maybe, you know, uh, a Zoom get together with, you know, season ticket holders and, you know, they can chat during, you know, chat while watching games? Or do you think that franchisers are doing anything else to like, basically say to people, you know, thanks for being a part of our, you know, franchise. You can't go to games this season, but we'll throw in some more so you can hopefully renew your status with us when you can actually attend games again. Yeah, I think that that sounds like a cool idea. I mean, uh, obviously we'll not replace the in-person feel of going to mm -hmm. the game. I think uh, primarily they should focus on if they haven't already refunding people for um, yeah. things they won't be able to attend, I think that's first focus. And then uh, secondly, you know, creating some sort of virtual community. Um, I really have no idea what they're going to do during the games. Are they going to uh, just leave it silent? I kind of doubt it. Mm -hmm. Are they going to have like a artificial fan noise? Um, you know, cause I just think about, NBA playoffs, like the intensity, one of the biggest factors is who has the home court. Uh, right. So it's just kind of hard for me to process how these guys will, I mean, on either end, you know, you go into a hostile environment, that can be a motivating factor too. Uh, 
but just the to not have either, you know, a great fan base behind you or to not even have like that, you know, enemy, you know, and the Parthenon feel, um, you know, it's interesting because I really do think that's why there's going to be a lot of variance too. Um, you know, the, the teams with the most talent obviously have the best chance to win, but um, I think it's really hard to predict uh, how the lack of environment will affect the outcome so um yeah have you heard of anything specific like what you mentioned with the zoom calls or like are people throwing no. that out there i haven't heard anything i'm really curious um i wouldn't be surprised if teams are working on you know formulas calculations um you know being a my dad and i being season six holders of new york city football club i know that uh you know they're offering you know, uh, a chance to roll over your money to next season and they're going to include more benefits. Um, they may, you know, include watch parties, maybe similar to the NBA, the NFL draft, you know, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe they'll do lotteries. Maybe they'll say like, you know, a lucky fan will join the, you know, the usual golden state warrior commentators to discuss, you know, their passion of being a, you know, a, a fan during the game. So, I mean, I hope they do stuff. Um, we'll see what happens. I Maybe ESPN is working on plans, but no, it can't be sound. I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll play music in the background. They'll do something. Um, you know, maybe they'll, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll have celebrities, like, who can join the commentators and they'll add a comedic form or just another spice to it. So I'm sure that there's something that, will need to be yeah. done. Do you um, think that the announcers will be in Orlando or do you think they're going to do it virtually and who will, and how will they do that? How will they have all three together regardless if it's in Atlanta yeah. versus uh, Orlando? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I don't know. I mean, um, if they do the announcers virtually, I mean, there's a lot of technology, you know, a lot of adjustments that will go into that maybe they'll be able to go if they're just cleared um, and they're, you know, sitting six feet apart from each other at the, the, you know, the table, the commentator booth. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll depend. They may, maybe they'll say that they're not going to have any commentators there in person until the playoffs and championships. Cause then they hope that things will be a lot better by then uh-huh. and then they can fly people. So yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, there'll be a lot of, you know, then it depends too. The the commentators themselves, I'm sure that they'll have to say if they're comfortable going there or not. May depend on age. May depend where they're currently living. So there's a lot of lot that we're looking forward to seeing being rolled out. I'm sure that both the LA and Bristol campus of ESPN, you know, are doing a a bunch of things to get you know the quote unquote red carpet ready for the big unveiling. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I. Uh, while we were discussing this, I was looking up Forbes 21st annual NBA team valuations. This was from 2018, but it had the Knicks current uh, valued at 4 billion. They were at number one spot. The Lakers valued at 3.7 billion and your golden state warriors valued at $3.5 billion. So crazy. Yeah. Crazy. The amount of money that, uh, is being brought in. It's actually interesting. Let's see. Uh, one, let's see, we got one, two, three. So out of those top spots, you got three teams from the state of California that are listed in the top revenues. Um, and actually it's funny enough, the nets are, are valued. Then they're valued at $2.3 billion. They have a new owner. I think he's uh Russian, um, uh, an oligarch. Oh no, he, um, that was the old one. Now it's, uh, I think Joseph Sai, and he's the mm. he's the founder of Alibaba, which is like you know Chinese e-commerce kind of like Amazon. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Thank you. No, good, good, good correction there. But that I was uh, Pro. I think it was Prokhorov. He was the he was the Russian Pro- oligarch before. Yeah, yeah. Prokhorov. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's funny to see. We'll we'll see what happens. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, besides the NBA, there's been a lot of talk about Major League Baseball. I saw that uh, uh, report by uh, Alden uh, Gonzalez from ESPN yesterday. 
Uh, Rob Manfred, uh, the MLB commissioner, uh, he says that there's a 100% chance that there will be a season in 2020. Um, it's his sixth season as commissioner. Um, obviously, we'll see. I mean, MLB too, you know, you're not going to have stadiums filled up with people if we're talking about a Dodgers game or San Francisco Giants game or a New York Yankees game. Um, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. We talk about kind of, you know, keeping people distant. But if you look at it now, you have the NBA and Major League Soccer both going to be in Orlando for their seasons. Talk about the MLB going there. That's a lot of people. Um, You know, there's talk about Arizona, but Arizona, I think, is actually not that great right now with their COVID numbers. I think it's actually going back up. And, you know, there's talk about resurgence. So I don't know about MLB. Again, it's, you know, it's the American pastime and people love Major League Baseball. Um, I think that, you know, COVID is, has been the best situation, but as I, I, you know, I grew up playing little league and I, I'm a big, I'm not a major league baseball isn't my number one sport. Now it's still in my top five, obviously though, with the recent reports about the Houston Astros, a lot of, uh, negative, uh, messages have been coming through just in relation to the sport, uh-huh. you know, information being passed. So, even if the season does happen, I'm curious to see what, you know, what it will be like, what the viewership will be like. Um, Cause it was not great to see. I mean, you know, they, they won a world series, but still to have that, you know, to have everything come out, how, you know, it was kind of done. It was not a, not a pretty picture for, uh, for the sport in general. Yeah. And well, it wasn't just them. It was, it was the Red Sox as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably on the back burner in terms of most people's thoughts at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was going to be a huge deal if the season went on normally. Uh, yeah, I have to be quite critical of MLB, both on the operational side and on the players. Um, I think they're missing a pretty big opportunity. Uh, you know, I think sports can be kind of a unifying event, um, especially when – there's really nothing else on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suspect that the NBA Finals this year uh, will have some of the highest ratings it's ever had, just because yeah. uh, it'll be one of the few things of you know that's on, that's new, um, and people will most likely still largely be at home. Uh, but the MLB, you know, they're fighting over kind of these numbers and. Uh, you know, it, they're fighting over things and both sides are doing it. I mean, the MLBPA has not really looked out for the best interest. This is all of my opinion, but it hasn't really looked out for the best interest of its players and future players for the most part. Mm-hmm. I really don't I get their strategy. Um, you know, they've kind of, they've kept that um, arbitration system in check that, as long as pl- as long as teams employ these sort of former Goldman Sachs, MIT, quant guys, um, you know the, the old system was they get underpaid drastically the first six years, and then teams reward them with uh, almost overbloated contracts to re- to reciprocate that uh, below market value. But now the teams are just largely pretty smart. And it's like, okay, well, we don't have to pay that. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was a huge mistake on the MLBPA side. Then they've done things where they've kind of thrown like minor league players under the bus or even future players without really getting that much in return. And like this year, they only had five rounds for the MLB draft, which I think is just, I mean, I can't even believe it. You're going to see... I mean, almost no one's going to sign, you know, that wasn't selected because it's like a Mm 20,000 signing bonus. Um, And that's going to have drastic effects down the line on the talent pool. And then conversely, it's going to make next year's draft so much more important than this year because you'll have all the players that would have otherwise gone this year uh, holding out another year, uh, you know, guys that would have gone the second, third round this year are going to go in like the ninth or 10th round. Um, so I don't really get what that strategy is all about um, for the players. 
that's just going to lower their wages. And then, but then they fight with the owners about the length of the season or, you know, the prorated. And it's like, well, everyone's kind of in a tough situation because a lot of the revenue is not going to be there. So when they negotiated these contracts, it was with the idea that fans would go to the ballparks, fans would buy merchandise. Um, and while the TV contracts are obviously pretty substantial streams of revenue, that's not the only thing. I don't, I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but I'm guessing it can't be more than 50 or 60%. Um, right. So if that's the case and you're going to play in front of empty stands, uh, you can't get paid the same amount of money that you otherwise would have. And it doesn't really make sense to play as many games as possible. Um, like what you alluded to, like where are they going to play? Uh, you know, how many times are they all going to be in close contact? What if COVID just spreads like wildfire at some point? What do they do? Um, mm -hmm. Cancel the season? Uh, what do they do with the ball? I don't know. If someone has COVID, you know, uh, a pitcher licking his hand, I mean, how, how fast until four or five guys get it? You know, they're always touching their face. It's just there's lots of things I don't think they're thinking about. Um, and they're kind of missing an opportunity because if they were really playing soon, it would be a, probably a big hit just because there's a lack of option for entertainment. Uh, and I think they've yeah. kind of ceded that ground to um, the NBA and soccer. And then in the fall, if football picks up. I mean, if you have the choice between uh, NBA playoffs and the NFL and the MLB, I think people are going to pick NBA playoffs and NFL over MLB most of the time. Oh, I agree. So, yeah, what, what do you think? Do you agree with that or you have some thoughts? No, I, I agree. I think there's a lot um, the Players Association could be doing better. Um, a lot of things that teams could be doing better. You know, I, I think, you know, I think owners can sometimes still be a little – medieval in their thinking when it comes to pay you know how they value players um even just you know drafting and, and what goes into it uh, i mean minor league teams are are very being very affected right now with covid i think that you know the funding even for the minor league teams isn't there and i and i honestly believe that the franchises have you know they could put be putting more money into the minor league system um, I agree. Even with ways that, you know, even the ways that sometimes these young players are recruited and they go to the minor leagues. And to be frank, I don't think they're really looked after for in their best interest. And the ones that don't make it, it's sad to see sometimes, you know, they, they can get in a lot of trouble and things develop and happen. And, you know, there's that small percentage that makes it, but that's a small percentage. It's like, you know, the percent of college athletes that, go from college football to the NFL, it's a small percent. And out of that small percent, um, you know, they kind of call the NFL, you know, not for long league because, you know, you retire pretty much two or three years into your playing days and for sure. the Ed Reeds and the Tom Brady's that's, that's a very small sample size. So you couldn't have said it better. I think there's a lot that the MLB needs to be doing more. You know, I'm sure, you know, there are players that I think should be doing a better job representing the sport. Um, and you know, some cultural changes in the locker rooms and how managers interact with players on a daily basis. But, uh, still, yeah, I would say that if you're going to choose between the NFL, the NBA and the MLB, there's going to be, you know, an NFL and an NBA playoff in season. If there's not going to be an MLB season because the NBA it's worldwide brand. It's huge. The NFL practically owns a day of the week, which is Sunday. And they have a huge staple in, you know, American society and culture um, with what it provides. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, almost now, you know, when NBA rolls around, it's almost like a necessity. I mean, you know, how many times you see the Monday night commercials on TV, Sunday NFL countdown that literally can get, you know, get people through the week. It's what they look forward to after, a, you know, long hours on the job. So it'll be interesting to see. I would encourage everybody uh, if talking about baseball. Uh, if you haven't read the book or seen the movie yet, uh, read Moneyball, watch Moneyball. It's a really good book. I've, I've, I've gone through it. 
It's a great movie. It's actually one of my favorite Brad Pitt films. I think he does a pretty good job in it. Talks about the Oakland days um, and uh, their manager. He's still there. I forget the guy's name. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Good guy. And uh, Moneyball. Just check it out. It's very interesting. And it, you know, kind of can show you. It's important. I think it shows a lot of people, you know, there's a system called baseball. But with everything today, you know, you can't just be in one mindset. You got to adapt. You got to change the way you look at players. You got to change the way you can sign players. And I think a big thing, too, you know, like I was referring to earlier, look into a kid's eyes and you can see their talent. But, you know, you can't predict what the future is going to be like. They may be the top. You may think that they're going to be the top pick you sign for a million dollars, but they may not pan out. So um, I think it's big, you know, for all those scouts out there. Don't just look at a person and, and judge by the body by an arm. You know, you have to think about their best interests because, you know, you c- could be your last pitch. It could be your last slam dunk or your touchdown. You got to have a plan B. Um, do you want to provide for yourself, your family, get an education? There, you know, life isn't just about sports and sports is, you know, not it's the reverse. But um, yeah, this crisis has definitely shown that, too. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Um, there's been a lot. I think of- it's also, uh, I think not to delve into this too much, uh, no, please, but, please. but I think, uh, a lot of things going on right now, um, socially, they, they probably wouldn't be happening if, uh, you know, sports were on like normal, not to say that like those issues don't exist, uh, mm-hmm. with sports, but more just that for a lot of people, sports can be a great distraction. Uh, mm-hmm. in a good and bad way mm-hmm. and uh, you know without sports and a lot of people who form their identity around sports they've really I mean they've really had to think think about a lot of different things and spend their time much differently I mean there's really mm-hmm. nothing to do as a sport fan during the day unless you're watching Bundesliga mm-hmm. or the Bel- or the Belarusian soccer teams you know right. <laughs> at this point there's nothing really you can be doing uh so there's more there's other things to think about and other ways to occupy your time um so yeah sports is uh sports does a lot of good sport can do some bad i guess uh but you know it's just really beauty lies in the eye of the beholder uh i would say i I think you're making a great point about minor league baseball i just think it's so bizarre because i I have a few uh, people i grew up with that um got drafted some of them a little higher than others some of them not very high uh but the the common thing i heard from all of them was that the minor leagues is really you're like a uh, for lack of a better word you're like a second class citizen oh yeah you really you really don't make any money yeah um most of those guys don't get big signing bonuses and even if you even if you got a relatively large signing bonus um, if you don't make it to the majors and uh, play a while, that's not really like a great yield uh, as a career. Like, you know, that's not like the, the most stable career. If you, mm-hmm. if you get like 500K, but you never make anything besides that in that profession, um, you know, that's not going to last you forever. Right. Uh, right. And I think a new inefficiency that teams could be targeting is their minor league development because um, they really don't spend that much. And, you know, they have a few journeyman players that make like one or two mil a year and aren't very important for the team. Uh, well, why not put that into the weight room? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a personal trainers and the psychologist mentors kind of at the minor league level. Cause these yeah. guys are, these guys are really young. And I think MLB takes like the most lax hands off approach to its talent development compared to the other sports. Uh, I mean, college football is basically like the development system for the NFL. And yeah. as, as we, as we all know, tons of money and resources, whether it gets distributed to the players or not, um, tons of resources go into developing those guys and making mm-hmm. sure they have the best diets and the, mm-hmm. you know, the best mentorship and stuff like that. Right. Uh, same with the NBA, you know, whether it's like their year or two in college and the second they're on an NBA roster, they have tons of resources and training, coaching. 
But the drop-off for the minor leagues is so stark. And even the top prospects are going to spend two or three years down there. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense to be, you know, cutting so much spending on the development. And I actually think in a way, maybe a smart team could just spend a few more million on their minor league development and get a lot more return down the line. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of always interested me like why that is. Uh, yeah. It's kind of it, bizarre. It is. It is bizarre. Um, the, yeah. I mean, it's a great segue. Like the uh, Fonzie shout out to you, my friend, hope you're well in New Rochelle. Uh, he was drafted by DC United. Um, he ended up going to USL, which is pretty much like the minor league version of major league soccer. But yeah, he told me, you know, it's, it's very low pay. Um, it's a lot of hours. Uh, everyone's fighting for their spot to get back up to major league soccer. So at the end of the day, I mean, he made a great, he's a great guy, made a decision. He was like, look, you know, I don't want to take any chances. He left the sport. Now he's working for a solid company, you know, making, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's actually the same age as he's 25. He's, you know, making money, saving up. So, you know, that's what he did. He, he said, you know, I, I don't want to risk anything. I want to have a stable future. And he decided to take it out, which no problem on his end. Um, but again, yeah. like if, if you're, you know, like even if you're a Steinbrenner or one of these guys, I mean, if you, if you put the resources into your, you know, minor league teams, you could be saving so much money. I mean, it's one of, it's probably one of the biggest arguments that people in soccer are having with the men's national team is now that, Major League Soccer is on the rise. I mean, these academies will actually build, you know, the building blocks for a successful national team because they're, you know, they're training their players. They're doing diets. They're using virtual reality. They're using water tanks. They're, they're putting everything into, you know, homegrown players. So if minor league teams put an extra million into these minor league teams, then, you know, they could potentially have an all – you know, Yankees roster. And of course they're going to buy a few big players, but maybe they don't need to spend so much money on the players and they can use that for other resources. So yeah, it's the same thing. Like you said it perfectly about college football and all that. I mean, they, these players are so well-trained and they're ready for the NFL. That's why it's, you know, it's such a big farm system. Um, yeah. So much talent. So it is interesting to see. I'm curious if any of those changes will eventually happen. You know, it's um, funny. You mentioned the USL. I have a family friend. Uh, his name's Stefano Bonomo. And he, I believe he played in the USL for the Red Bulls, Red Bulls affiliate. Uh, uh, yeah, so New York Red Bulls. I guess one of their, their USL teams would probably be. Yeah, because he, he was a striker at Cal back in the day. And I think he was on the MLS team intermittently i don't really understand the mls minor league system so you probably know that better than me but yeah he i don't think he he played mls and then that um and not disclosing any private information but you know it was pretty taxing um and and i i think he eventually you know after like four or five years of it um you know went into the private sector um just because you know there wasn't really much financial incentive to keep uh, getting it out in the minor leagues there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of people we never hear about uh, or maybe we heard about them once and then they kind of, you know, they're making minimum wage in these minor league systems. Uh, and that's not even to mention like just uh, for a lot of small and medium sized towns, uh, the minor league teams for baseball, at least, are big economic drivers um, and uh, great for kids and families, you know, Uh places like Vermont, Maine, Uh West Virginia, Oregon, um, you know, places that don't have a lot of professional sports. These can be like really nice cultural uh, beacons for people. So I I hopefully the, hopefully the MLB just kind of gets its act together. Um, I think they've, I think like you alluded to with the sign stealing, you know, they have these scandals, the games not really advertised well, they're not really treating the fans and a lot of the players well. I just, uh, I hope because it, basically growing up, that was my favorite sport. Um, Me too. 
growing up, it really was. And I think about it now, it's probably like you, four or five. Uh, so and the, other, and the other sports, they've all risen, basically. Right. Uh, not declined like that. So, yeah, man, it's a... Uh, it's kind of weird to see the national pastime kind of wither away like that. Right. But, you know, that's what competition's about, and the league's putting out the best product to uh, kind of rise to the top, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And face it, you know, we live in a society that's fast-paced. Soccer, lacrosse, football most of the time in NBA, you know, if you're watching there in person or hockey, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. You're not watching a pitch. You're not watching, you know – a long break and commercials. So it's just something about those other, not that baseball doesn't, but again, you think, you know, you kind of have to have a certain mindset um, because everything else is very fast paced and, and people love, you know, the action and seeing, you know, a, a two minute drill or something. And then they take a timeout or NBA teams are going back and forth for five minutes. It's really intense. Okay. Timeout, timeout. And then they go to a commercial break, but it's, it's timed out so well that it's like almost meant to happen then. And it just yeah. builds up the suspense for the next drive. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think in the end, you know, who knows, 50, 100 years from now, I think baseball will always have that staple of the, you know, probably the national pastime, so many great moments, many more to come. But, you know, I think if the sport really wants to regain a large majority of fans, keep you know, young kids having a dream of playing for teams. And there's just a lot of little things that they could do to make the end result, you know, even better. Um, yeah, I agree. Sports, they've already caught up and they're already off to the races. So it'll be interesting to see, especially in big cities like New York and San Fran and LA and Atlanta and even Austin, you know, a lot of times baseball is maybe not the first thing that people are talking about. It's the soccer team the NBA team, the NFL team. And then with that, it's like, who's attending those games, the entertainment. Oh, let's go to this club after. Cause this player is going to be there. You know, mm -hmm. there's just so many other caveats to it. So, yeah, I think baseball has a, uh, and I can't speak about the other sports other than soccer too, uh, as a problem in terms of the cost uh, to play growing up. I, I think this is a huge thing with hockey, uh, lacrosse as well. But, you know, for sports like soccer in the U.S. Uh, and baseball, it's, it's really expensive for people to play um, on these teams. And, you know, that kind of pushes away, like, the, the exact sort of people that might be, you know, really good players. Um, and they kind of have to get lucky and almost get plucked by, a, you know, a scholarship or a team mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. cares about them. And I think that'll be – that's one of the last uh, – things that's kind of holding soccer back in the u.s in terms of development because uh, you know a lot of kids played soccer i mean basketball baseball football growing up but uh, not as many at least uh, i think this is true i don't think as many played soccer i did uh, maybe you did uh but we we might not be the majority um uh, and you know just soccer it's such a cultural sport you know a lot of it's play in the street as such a you know, set, you know, it's almost like a religion in some places. Uh, and, you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for that to be the case where, you know, most people didn't play or, uh, you know, they couldn't play because it was too expensive. Um, so that's something as a society I think we got to think about. I'm not sure what the answer is. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what you think about that. I, I just saw that uh, – Zoltan, he, he made a comment about that. He was talking about how expensive it was for his kids to play. Um, and it's like, wow, yeah. I mean, you think about it, it's like, oh, my God, that's so much money just to let your kid play a sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely money involved. You know, there's travel teams. There's, you know, buying cleats and the new gear. It is. And, and um, you know, it should be for, obviously – I think in sports in general, you know, everybody, no matter what, should be able to play at the highest level. Um, so I think, yeah, though, there's definitely stuff that, that should be done about that. Um, you know, community levels, um, maybe more, you know, academies just offering, you know, 
open tryouts or saying, you know, if, if, you know, your kid comes, no matter what, you know, your background is or whatever, what may happen, you know, just, you know, since we have the money and we're such a big club, you know, we'll fund and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of the necessities that are needed. Um, but yeah, it's, there's so much to it, uh, but it's what adds to the conversation and like everything else, you know, MLB, nothing in life is perfect. So there's always stuff that can make things better. And, and it's good to see when, you know, things become successful and move on to uh, the next bit. So Kyle, my friend, uh, this was a fantastic talk. Um, I really enjoyed getting back on the air. I know the last time we tried to connect, it was about the uh, NFL, uh, the Super Bowl, which obviously your <laughs> Patriots won. And Tom Brady, a fellow high school uh, alumnus, uh, got the ring. So he's obviously down to Tampa. But I want to really thank you again. Uh, we're going to have to do this soon again. Um, Kyle, I know you got your wine thing. Would you like to give any any shout outs on the air to anybody out there or anything you'd like to do? Sure. You uh, you can follow me on Instagram at vino.chalakian, C-H-O-L-A-K-I-A-N. Uh, do a lot of cultural things about spirits, wines, and the, the places they come from. Uh, definitely got a shout out Calder because uh, he's the man and the, setting this all up. It's a great podcast. Uh, yeah, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of friends that I shout out that have uh, wineries uh, and wine blogs themselves. Uh, so if you give a follow, I'll definitely be talking about them. And uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would say if you're looking to buy some Armenian Georgian wines, uh, winesofarmenia.com and cedarwines.com are great places to start. In most places – uh, they waive the shipping fee if you get, you know, over 50 to 100 bucks. So that, that's what I'll leave you all with. Very nice. Well, I'm, I need a bottle of that wine. So <laughs> I'll definitely be placing an order. Let's let's even have an episode where we just talk about the wine and some background. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, shout sure. out to Kyle, a very, a very good friend. Um, awesome guy. Thank you for coming on the air. You, you know, like all of my guests, you make this show uh, fantastic to keep uh moving along and uh seems like forever ago we saw each other at the wedding in philly but we'll we'll definitely connect soon hopefully in person um yeah shout out to anchor for making this possible it's a great podcast you got use everyone it's free um you can even make some money on the side but i just love the passion of what i've been doing and keeping it running um shout out to dylan piscatelli the whole crew shout out to alexa thanks for being a big supporter and the whole ray fam in california i'm excited to meet you guys in the future um, yeah, shout out to Phi Caps, Kappa Sigma McDaniel, all the alums and grads of uh, 2017, Fibbler, the whole crew, to the seniors <laughs> of this year. Sorry your, your college careers had to end this way, but, you know, you guys still achieved a lot. Great things ahead. Um, shout out to my dad, Renecrate, best moving company in the business, residential moves, business moves. Shout out to Fonzie. We'll get you back in there soon. Talk some more soccer. And um, really, everybody who tunes into the podcast, I really appreciate the support as always. Kyle, I want to wish you a good rest of the day and night on the West Coast, and uh, we'll get you back on the air soon, my friend. For sure, man. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, guys. This was Sheck Sports. I'll be posting us on Instagram, Spotify soon.